everybody. Welcome to the Christian Marauder today as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. So glad you came. Uh, for those of you who are just joining, just going to share a little bit and then we'll get right into the message. And for the Daily Renegade, this will be pre-recorded. So with that, we're going to go ahead and begin. Grab your cup of coffee. <clears throat> no, coffee's good. Grab your glass of water if you need it. Sitting back because we're going to take off. We're going to really take off. How many of you ever felt like this? How long, O oh Lord, will the wicked prosper, the good suffer, and those who commit crimes just get away with it? Well, the prophet Habakkuk felt like this. He says, O oh Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife. There is contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless. The justice never goes forth. The wicked surround the righteous. Therefore per perverse judgment proceeds, folks. Have you ever felt like this? And you cry out, how long, O Lord, evil is prospering. Evil is rarely held to account. They always seem to get away with it. And for us, it's a constant beatdown. It's a rare thing to see true justice prevail. Will justice ever be done? And we all cry out, how long, O Lord, how long? How long, O Lord, will plundering and violence continually be before us? How, come, how long will the strife continue and contention arise? Lord, how long will it be? Justice is totally powerless. It never goes forth. It's always thwarted. The evil get away with doing it. And the wicked surround the righteous and devour them. They drag them out of their, their, their pickup trucks and beat them to death, then charge them for the crime and let the perps go free. Perverse judgment continues unabated. How long, O oh Lord, how long, how long, how long? Yet God, I got to tell you, yet God is awake. His kingdom is alive and well on planet Earth. And the day will come will he pit the nature and the characteristics and the devil and all his minions against each other in one last final battle to settle the issue of how long. And that is what the book of Revelation is about. It answers how long. Last week in episode 8, I talked about throne wars. I shared how God's kingdom, what God's kingdom is like and how it versus the devil's kingdom. And how the devil's kingdom causes all the woe against God who lives true to himself with no shadow of turning, who never denies that he, what he is and what he's like at all, that God is a God of the living. He's the author of life, who never reneges on his gift, callings, and promises. He was always faithful in performing his word. It's God who placed eternity in our hearts. Though we die physically, yet we will live on spiritually forever and ever. God does not take away life. Just like 2 Samuel 14, 14 out of New King James read, where we will all surely die and become like water spilled. God does not take away life, but he devises the means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him. He provides mercifully a way out for those who will take it. And those who reject it, it's on them. The Lord God Almighty, he is the only stable rock of safety you can find in times of trouble. His work is perfect, maturing. It consists of making you whole and sound in a thorough, patient, slow to anger sort of way. Why? He devises the means so that his banished ones are not expelled from him, just like it says in 2 Samuel chapter 14, 14 there. Psalms 145 verses 8 and 9 says, The Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, great in mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All his ways are justice, meaning he wants a free, willing exchange. Either one, you can accept him, or you can willingly reject him. Why? He allows all to reason and speak freely, like I shared last week. He allows free speech, folks. In this, he can justly teach what is right and what is wrong through living objective lessons here on earth. He does not want automatons or robots to fellowship with. He wants willing hearts who become part of his living heavenly council to fellowship with and to work through. God is that just. He never denies how just he is to all. God is without injustice. In other words, God persuades and reasons and moves the heart to make a choice when before we had none at all to return to him. 
He sent his word. The word became flesh and gave us that choice, folks. People hate this about God. They say in so many ways, this ain't fair. The clay shakes its fist, like I said last week, in God's face. And God responds with overflowing kindness and much love and long-suffering. And he's shown it on the cross. And he said this on the cross. He said, Father, why has thou forsaken me? He has cried out that very cry of humanity. And God answers in the silence of the scene. You heard me say this before. Uh, right before the cross, displayed right in the foot of the cross uh, of Christ, he shows you why we shout that. Why have you forsaken us? Why does evil prosper? Well, it's because humanity betrays, abandoned, neglects, puts on trial, bears false witness against each other, mocks, puts beatdowns down, shouts crucify, slay goodness, steals what belongs to God, divide the spoil amongst yourselves. You choose to rebel. You want a Barabbas, a, 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 a rebel, a, an insurrectionist as your leader, and want his ways over God's great love that shouts, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. And, and the cross exposes what is inside the human heart, how we betray, how we put on trial, how we bear false witness, how we crucify, how we slay what is good, folks, how we want rebels to be our leaders, folks. Think about it. Think of what the news media, think of what the in, and, uh, music industry glorifies. Think of what movies glorify as heroes. Come on. Rebels, insurrectionists. Think about it. All of God's ways are justice. He's a God of truth without injustice. Righteous and upright as he offers mercy to return to him freely or reject him. And he does no wrong. God is absolutely fair, but we aren't. You and I ain't all that. I tell you, we are not that fair. Exodus 3, 34, 5 and, verse 5 and 7 says, The Lord, the Lord God is merciful, gracious, long-suffering, and abounding in goodness and truth. He's merciful. Like I shared last week, he spared Cain. And showed mercy that he was gracious and he was willing to forgive. But Cain did not accept that. He moved on in his life, started a progeny to be just as rebellious as he, he did. Well, God is long-suffering with extreme patience that leaves no stone unturned or opportunity to return to him undone. Until an appointed time is justly complete in one's life. And that time is completed at their final hour on earth. Will you be found shouting crucify on your lips or have mercy on me? I'm a sinner. Like I said in last week in episode chapter eight, God's sovereignty is like the boundary and yard lines on a football field. That's God's sovereignty. He has boundaries. He has uh, yard lines and he has, you know, individual yard and markers on the football field. That's sovereignty. He allows the players to make their own play in the boundaries of his sovereignty. He knows every play will ever be made, but he still lets you make it because he's that just. Even if it's detrimental to other human beings, he'll let you do that. And he'll always try like Cain to draw you back. He allows the players to make their own plays. They cannot stray away from the boundary lines. The only way to cross the boundary lines is through death. And from there, it's either life in prison of hell are in heaven that awaits beyond that vast stadium. On this playing field, the Lord God proves he is abounding in goodness and truth. Goodness conveys the idea of everything functioning correctly as God steers all things to that purpose to make good. No matter how the players play and mess up and how much the devil tries to kill, rob, and destroy, the Lord is steering everything on that sovereign football field to a final end game, a final goal. That's what the book of Revelation is about. But however, the devil and his minions seek to make chaos and destroy the boundaries of God's protective love by calling these restrictive, xenophobic, the enemy of freedom of choice. They seek to destroy God's order with their own intolerant redefinition of freedom. If, if you don't agree with them, they'll beat you up. They'll shout you down. They'll beat you up. Okay. God's nature is to love and love sets boundaries for one's protection against the predators, sin, sickness, deceptions, lies, what causes harm and destroys the boundaries of goodness. How are you going to learn? How are you going to learn? How can a just God teach what real love really is unless he's absolutely allows free moral reason learned by living to learn what true living objective moral lessons are that teach us right and wrong? on the playing field of earth how else is he going to teach us justly and fairly 
Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 17, out of the New King James, makes this point. It says, they refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them, but they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their own bondage. You're speaking of Korah and several others in Moses' time, folks. That's who they want to choose. They want to go back to Egypt, go back to slavery, go back, go back. That's what they, you know, and the Lord's saying, you got to learn some lessons here, okay? Thus, God holds to account so that one, what one sows is what one reaps. Is that fair? You know, they, those folks did it. They created it. All the boundaries of the playing field of life prove it. Um, they want another leader to rule them. And look at Exodus 34, verse 7. And God says he keeps mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Job 34, verse 12 says, Surely God will never do wickedly, nor the almighty pervert justice. The devil's kingdom seeks to do what? Pervert justice so the perverts have rights, and all good is mocked and destroyed because they think, you know, you need to control everything to make utopia. Then the Lord's trying to teach you something on the playing field of life in a free manner. What do you want? Let's see. This is what the devil teaches. Show no mercy. Just become social justice warriors, pit people against each other. Only use revenge and harshness can justice ever be had. Pay reparations, beat down, tear down, burn down, destroy all goodness. Goodness takes too long. Destroy it. That's what the devil says. You know, there, um, Robert Reich, I said this last night on the radio, that is going to set up a truth commission. Um, you know, going to judge all the media personnel and everybody who supports Trump. And if you don't comply, they want to send you to a camp. News folks like uh, Keith Oberlin are calling for the extermination of all Trump supporters openly on the news. How loving is that? How tolerant are these leftists, folks? How just and fair are, are they? And it cannot compare with gods that allows for what? What one sows, one reaps. Boy, they, they, they just want revenge. That's the idea of the devil's justice. Where the devil is minions shout all this grace and mercy that God stuff and being patient, slow to anger and allowing this freedom stuff is not the best possible way to get things done. Forget that. You need central planning. You need a rebel to teach you how to rebel and get what you want. All you need is to be controlled by the no best crowd and we'll give you all your wants. But we are going to control you because you're too dumb sheep. You can't think for yourself under this control. That's what we want. That's what the devil wants. He wants everybody to comply so his idea of utopia can be had. In order to make it all that, there can be absolutely no freedom of debate. There can be no freedom of discourse. There should be no ability at all to reason or think as a man or a woman. All you need to think is a one-world mindset where everybody thinks and acts alike. There's no free speech, no grace, no mercy, because grace and mercy denies the social justice of, re of revenge. Forgiveness is outdated and a waste of time. Go ahead and do as thou will is the law of the land. And so all the perverts and everybody else have more rights than you. Patient kindness. It takes too long to get anything done. They just want you to do what God hates is what it comes down to. Never mind all the mental pain and sickness and disease and lifestyle choices cause that God warned you about. So he, the devil gets people to go ahead and, and, and do them and tells people, yeah, you can fix them with new meds. You can alter the DNA to make a, and make a monkey out of you, you know. So what kingdom do you desire to live in? What are you striving to make on God's sovereign playing field? Hell on earth? The devil and his band is, and they're deceiving people that it sounds so good. Psalms 98 verse 9 says this, For the Lord God is coming to judge the earth with righteousness. He will judge the world and the people with equity, fairness. There's none like him, fair, just, the only true righteous one who swears to his own hurt. He's not partial. He doesn't take bribes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's stable. He's unchanging. He's righteous. He's a holy 
He's holy God of truth. He never lies. His ways and understandings are past finding out. He's a God of love and takes back no gift. He allows you to play on the playing field, okay? No gift and calling and promises will he ever take back. The Lord God is a God who presents his divine order as perfect to mankind and lets them ruin it. He foreknew we would ruin it. Why? To justly teach us what love means. That is, love has boundaries for one's protection because we are making a mess out of the football field, the playing field of God's sovereignty, don't we? Truthful love has rules. Love that operates by truth, like I said, has order and rules and design. This life teaches us that. You live outside the protection of God's love, you'll find misery and woe. We live in that right now because we have made it that way. And the devil tries to trick you that he wants to make it even worse. Because all that social justice garbage. No matter how the other team plays, we who return to God have a hereafter with the Lord. God in a new heavens and earth, free of all the devil junk, all the devil stuff, all free of it. Free at last, free at last. We're free of sin. We're free of sickness because God won the game at the cross. But the devil keeps trying to move the boundary lines. How? The devil seeks us to blame God for being true to himself by saying that the devil's love is love. Is far superior, far above God's love because it lets all be depraved and hell-bent to destroy true loving order, goodness, mercy, truth, righteousness, justice, mercy, and grace. It pits those against each other in order to destroy them. Make mankind sin so bad that God has to unjustly destroy mankind, proving to God himself that he's unable to keep his word to humanity in Genesis chapter 126 about giving them dominion and taking charge and being part and walking with God in the cool of day. He wants to destroy all that. Like I said last week in episode eight, there are two thrones at war. And I will ask you again, which do you belong there are two thrones at war, vying for the hearts and mind of men and women everywhere. God keeps mercy for thousands and thousands of generations, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. He by no means clear the guilty. He does visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But God will never do wickedly, nor the Almighty pervert justice. God desires a willing heart to follow him because we look upon him as awesome. Holy, pure, powerful, almighty, who uses truth that thunders and lightnings, that reveals his full majesty of all that he truly is, righteous, holy, pure, just, kind, loving, and he wants us back willingly into the boundaries of his love. No wonder heaven cried out in Revelations 4, verses 9, the, the, the living creatures gave, give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne who lives forever and ever. And the 24 elders fell down before him who sits on the throne and worshiped him who lives forever and ever and cast their victory crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. But the cry of God's people shouts loud from earth, folks, it keeps shouting and I keep shouting it too. How long, O oh Lord, how long will the wicked prosper and you be silent? Just as Psalms 74 verse 10 says out of the New King James, O oh God, how long will the adversary reproach? Will the enemy blaspheme your name forever? In other words, will they keep blaspheming? Why don't they, why don't you do anything? He's slow to anger, didn't you know? You better be glad of that. You know, here's the enemy. Lord, they're calling you names. They're taunting you. They're attacking your people. They're lying about your character. They're ruining your inheritance. They're mocking your people. How long before you will do anything, oh Lord? In fact, did you realize that the book of Revelation chapter 5 and onwards is about this very fact? How long, oh Lord, how long will this last? How much longer is answered in the book of Revelation? Look at Revelation chapter 5, because we're going to begin our study in Revelation chapter 5 right now. Revelation chapter 5, the open vision of God's throne in heaven of a sealed scroll. This scroll is, is noted by many Bible scholars as the seals of judgment. So this scroll is about judgment, authoring judgment. It is the judgment. That's the opening of the seals of judgment to begin judgment that answers the how long, oh Lord, will this last? He's I'm going to undo the seals because time says enough is enough is enough is enough. Chapter five, verses one through three. 
begins like this. And I saw on the right hand of him who sits on the throne, a scroll written inside and on the back sealed with seven seals. Verse two says, then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals? This scroll is the scroll of final judgment on the devil and all his minions allied with him, both human and otherwise, folks. How long is about to be answered? Verse 3 says, and no one in heaven or earth and are under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look at it. What an indirect swipe at the devil and all his human minions who claim that they, they can open the doors of destiny, judgment, and fortune. Only they have the right to define what justice and mercy is on earth. Again, look at verse 3. And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or look at it. And I got to tell you, there's only one who can open it, and that's the Lord himself. Why? It, Jesus answers the why in John chapter 5, verse 22. John 5, 22, how the New King James reads, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. So at an appointed future time, the only one able to open the scroll, look. Look what happened here. John wept. Revelations 4 and 5. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose the seven seals. Folks, you got to realize, you got to look at this from a historical perspective when you read the book of Revelation. Historical, the past, how, it, how, it, how everything progressed in the church ages how it all culminates in the future events and put it all together you got to understand john lived in a persecuting world that hated god he was 90 years old he was sent to a rock quarry to be worked to death because he bore the testimony of the lord jesus christ on the playing field of life exposing what true evil was he wept because he longed for his own how long to be answered when will all this nonsense end when will we stop being persecuted when will this end and that's why he was weeping. How long? Verse 5 says, But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And the Lord came to, came to all of us. That's Jesus Christ. He revealed the true nature of the Father to us. He, was, he did good. He, he healed people. He cast out demons. He set folks free. He proclaimed the gospel. He's the one that prepares a place in heaven for us. Because this world really is and not our home, folks. The Lord who came as one of us, he died on a cross in our place when we deserve only wrath. And, and yet the Lord showed us mercy. He saved us and made us a new creation. He made us a new man, united to him by his blood on the playing field of life to prepare us for a new creation to come. But in the meantime, haven't you, like John, wept and cried out, how long, how long? Just like the psalmist did in Psalms 94, verse 2 and 3. Rise up and judge the earth. Render punishment to the proud. O Lord, how long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? Well, that's going to be answered in the upcoming book of Revelation from now on. From chapter 4 onwards. That's being, in fact, from chapter 1 to the end of the book. It's that is being answered. Revelations 5, verse 6 continues. And I looked and beheld, or behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures, in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as though it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out to all the earth. And then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Well, let's look at this and break this down. There are seven horns. Horns in the Bibles represent kingdoms. In the book of Daniel, we saw that in the study in Daniel, that, that the horns represent kingdoms and kings, rulers, okay? So you have horns in the Bible, horns on this strange-looking lamb with seven horns. Remember, seven kingdoms. You have, guess what, seven churches who operate in God's authority. They were just judged in, in chapters 2 and 3, right? Think about it. And then those who overcome and repent... They're still a part of the church, folks. Those who don't, well, it's on them. That's all I got to say. The seven eyes represents what it says. The, 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 the spirit of God, the seven spirits of God are the seven attributes of the Holy Spirit who are sent to watch and monitor 
the earth and to move the church to remain true to Jesus. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro looking for a righteous person to work through, looking and looking and looking and to see what's going on. He sees you crying out, how long, how long, how long? Notice the one on the throne holds the scroll and hands it to the one at the right hand of God. Who is this but Jesus? Jesus at the right hand of the Father, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, who was granted all judgment by the Father. He, was, he got the scroll of judgment, just like it says now that I'm in John 5.22. All judgment was given to the Son. Look at Revelation chapter 5, uh, verse 8. But now... When he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. Elders, these elders, the 24 elders fell down to worship the Lord and they had harps and harps in the Bible symbolize great praise that proclaims all the truths about who God is. In the traditions, in the early church tradition that teaches that, each of the of each harp, a harp back then had ten strings, and and, and on each of these ten strings, uh, the ten strings represent praising God for His work. And the first string would be creation. The second string would be praising about His justice being revealed. The third string would be His promises. The fourth string is all about praising the birth of the Messiah, Jesus. Uh, the fifth string is about the ransom price he paid. The sixth string is the resurrection into new life. The seventh string was how prophecy is being fulfilled. The eighth string is the Lord's presence at work on the earth and glorifying the Lord in that. And the ninth string is glorify, glorification of God's name of renown, just glorifying who he is, calling out he's good, he's just, he's mercy, because they understand who he is. He revealed it to them. And the Tenth string was about how God was going to restore all things. We need to look at how what some of these things represent to understand what that harp is about. These people were praising God for everything. Everything that God is, who he is, and truth and his nature and his character, they were praising. Next, the golden bowls, it says it in, in that verse, are the prayers of the saints of God who cry out like Habakkuk did in Habakkuk 1 verse 2. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry and will you not hear? Even cry out to you, violence, and will you not save? Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife, contention arises. Therefore the law is powerless, justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous, therefore perverse judgment proceeds. Now, that is finally being answered, and they fall on their faces, and now they're going to be singing a whole different new song now. Listen again to Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood. Out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation have made us kings and priests to our God, and we shall reign on earth. Christianity, folks, is about all races of people, not a select few whose, whose only lives matter. In fact, to God, all lives matter out of every tribe, tongue, and people, and nation. That's Christianity, folks, out of every tribe, tongue, people, and nation, glorifying God, getting back, having that how long finally answered. Folks, people of God, Jesus is, in this chapter, is about to unleash war, the judgment, the final battle against all evil, and all who align themselves to it. This is the power of that one scroll with its seven seals of judgment for how long is going to be answered justice is about to be had as the rest of the book of revelation clearly reveals psalm 74 verse 10 says oh god how long will the adversary approach how long will the enemy blaspheme your name forever why do you withdraw your hand even your right hand Take it out of your bosom and destroy them. So in Revelation, that's what's happening. The Lord is taking his right hand out of his bosom. Jesus standing there and he's taking the scroll. How long, O oh Lord, how long, how long is about to be answered? And no wonder the folks there began to sing a new song. Because how long is about to end? Glory to God. How long, O Lord, before thou perfection is restored and your wholeness, soundness rules is about to be answered, folks.
Look at Revelation chapter 5, verses 11 and 12. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 uh, times 10,000 and a thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches, and wisdom, and strength, honor, and glory, and blessing. Folks, Jesus died on a cross for us. He proved the boundaries of God's love is true, how what great extent he comes back to reach for us. It says in John wrote in John chapter one, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. The second person of the Trinity don't have an, don't have time to go through all that came and dwelt among us. He, he was fully God and fully man. OK, that, and he became a servant and he served God's purposes on earth. And what was that to redeem a lost humanity that hated his guts? Who, were, who was playing a losing game on the football field of life, folks. And he, and, he, and he said, you know, I got to show these people what they do. Uh, so they're going to do it to me. So that 24 hours before the cross is very important because that's where he reveals, you know, the fulfillment of the law. It basically states that the high priest and the, and the, or the people would have to lay their hands on the sacrifice and impute their sins upon that sacrifice. God doesn't have sin. The only way he can impute sin on a sinless God can impute sin that he never had is through human agents who are sinful. So what do they do? This is how they put their hands on Jesus. Judas betrayed Jesus. The Pharisees and scribes plotted to put him to death. Right? So who have we betrayed? Who have we abandoned? Like in the garden, who have we neglected? Who have we bore false witness against? Who have we beat with our words, mocked? Who have we crucified? Who, who, who we stole from, divided garments and split it amongst ourselves? Who we broke hearts? Who, how we robbed plunder? That's iniquity. And then the amazing thing is that uh, he bore the wrath of God in our place for us, putting our sin upon him. That's, that's a love that blows my, my mind. Why would anybody die a horrible death on a cross be mocked, tortured, beaten, made fun of, taunted like he was, and do that for us. And then die in our place, paying our death penalty, suspended between God and man, saying, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why? Because you betrayed me, you abandoned me, you neglect, you, you do it to each other. Can't you see your own wicked heart? I want you back. All you have to do is cry out and say, Lord, forgive me. I can't change. Help me. And he comes in and comes in. He makes you born again through the work of the cross, folks. I'm just kind of paraphrasing this to save some time here. So that is why the people were praising and saying he's glorified. He's to receive power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory and blessing because of what he did. Well, John also is seeing what Daniel saw in Daniel chapter 7, verses 9 and 11, concerning the mystery of the 10,000 times 10,000s and the thousands, thousands. In the context of Daniel chapter 7, this scene refers to the little horn being judged, as Daniel 7, 11 verse indicates, for mocking and blaspheming God's atoning work, as well as ruining all of God's creative works experienced by an innumerable number of victim witnesses and observers, both human and angelic, what was happening on earth. Maybe you've been victimized by the devil's works and you were molested, you, you were beaten, you were in a bad family. That was not God's purpose. He has such love, he wants to draw you back and heal those wounds up. That's a good God. And, and give you finally justice, to, you know, and answer, you know, how long before justice will be met, Lord? How long will so certainly happen? So we see these verses from John's perspective, the time when God judges righteously, when the unleashing of this judgment begins and how it plays out. That's explained later in the later chapters of Revelations. When the opening of the books of judgment occur, along with the rewarding of those who stood with valor against, against the wicked, okay, like John the Apostle did and the others, their stand and their treatment is all well documented. So is yours. This is what is why the 10,000 times 10,000, thousand, thousand need 
is an innumerable company of angels and human beings saying, Lord, we're finally, we see it. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, wow. You know, you're going to, you know, you saw them doing this to us. Now it is payback time. Oh, no, we're Christians. We got to be good. We got to be holy. We got to be doormats. Let the evil just wipe our feet on us. There's a time for everything and purpose under season, and sometimes that ain't it. I'm just telling you. Thus, you know, what God does is nailing the lid shut forever on evil and that went to war to destroy God's great love and protective boundaries, and God's going to answer all the how longs. And someday you're going to be in heaven judging angels, judging the fallen angels, judging the, the people who may have done you wrong, you'll be standing there getting the how long answered. This is what it's saying. Your day uh, is coming. No wonder they all cried out in verse 12. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power, riches and wisdom and strength, honor and glory and blessing. Do you know that there are seven key words mentioned in there? Look at them. Power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, and glory, and blessings. Why seven words mentioned? Uh, well, seven represents its picture graph in the Hebrew languages of a plow and of a sword. Also, a plow can be eaten a sword, and a sword can be beaten into plows. That, and this is about plowing or warring that moves things to a stage of final perfection. They say number seven is the number of perfection. It is, but its real meaning is it plows to that point. Of, it, it, it's moving things, it's growing, it's planting, it's warring to, in order to bring about a final stage of perfection. I bet you really didn't know that. You want wholeness and soundness and goodness and love to be supreme again. On the cross, Jesus defeated all the world of the evil one, exposing all his works to slay the innocent in a vain attempt to entrap God to act unjustly against humanity. God gave humanity another chance, a choice when before we had none, where we had no hope. But now we do through Jesus Christ that was justly given, that leaves God's justice and mercy unscathed, unscratched, and unfazed. No wonder we see in Revelation 5.13 this phrase come out, that every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, and I heard them saying, blessing, honor, and glory, and power, be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever and ever. You know what that's saying? Here they bless and bless the Lord in fulfillment of what Romans chapter 8 verses 21 and 25 says. Let me connect some dots for you out of the New King James here. Verse 21 of Romans chapter 8 through 25. Because creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption and to the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but you also have the first fruits of the Spirit. Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting the adoption, the redemption of our body, for we were saved in this hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So Revelation chapter 5 verse 13 says, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth, under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all who are in them, I heard them saying, Blessing, honor, and glory, and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever. Romans chapter 8 there, fulfilled, actualized. There how long is taken care of. And they are crying out four words, okay? They cry out four words, blessing, honor, and glory, and power. Not seven, but four words. Why? Well, the in the ancient Hebrew pictograph letter is of a door. It's a pictograph of a door. And it also meant the number four. And it was of a door, meaning an opening, an entryway, as well as the entryway that one's creative works produce. God created everything, so it's his creation shouts blessing, honor, and glory four times because they're shouting, hey, to finally what God created the heavens and earth to be like will be actualized. There'll be no more sin, sickness, no more death, and no more devil. Hallelujah. God moves everything in that direction on the playing field. 
Here we see creation ceasing its groaning and shouting praise for the entry of God's restorative creative works that are mentioned in Revelations 20 and 20, uh, 21 and 22 about the new heavens and earth. Revelations 5.13 says, And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth and such are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard them saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever and ever. So therefore, creations, how long? has been answered. Revelations 5.14 Then the four living creatures said, Amen! And the twenty-four elders fell down and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. They worshipped him who lives forever and ever. They fell down before the Lord and they shouted, Amen, Amen. I tell you, I tell you. I don't know if you get it. The Lamb of God, who is the Lion from the tribe of Judah, the righteous branch of Jesse, Jesus Christ the Messiah, God manifested in human flesh, the second person of the Godhead, the Son who proceeded forth from the Father, the living Word of God who came in the likeness of man to redeem, provide the means to return to the boundaries of God's love, has made things right. He's about ready to open the seals of judgment. Hallelujah. Our how longs are about to be answered. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's why they fell down and worshiped the Lord. Only he is worthy to open the seals of judgment on all evil. He had it done to him. Don't you think? He has a right for that. He bears on his body the mark of what evil did and does and manipulates human beings to act like and put on other human beings. He bore it in his body. He has a right to judge all creation. He has a right to judge the devil. He has a right to judge you. He's going to open those seals of judgment. So the cry for how long is answered at last. Revelations chapter 5, 14 says this. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Now I hope you understand and understand, a little understanding of why they fell down and worshiped him. Amen and amen. We all should cry out with them for our how long, O Lord, will be answered at last, folks. Do you realize what that's being said there? Our how long will be answered? That's what Revelation chapter 5 is talking about. And if I go to bring this up here, Revelation chapter 6 continues with the same thought. I don't, I'm not going to go too far in Revelation chapter 6. I'm going to continue it in more detail next week. But Revelation chapter 6, and now I saw the Lamb open one of the seals and heard one of the four living creatures saying with a voice like thunder, come and see. And I looked and behold a white horse and he who sat on had a bow, a crown was given to him, went out conquering and to conquer. And so I'm going to show you in Revelation chapter 6 how the judgment of, the, of God works, how he wages war, what he's going to be doing, all explained in the book of Revelation. Other people have taught on this uh, and probably much better than I could ever do and how all this transpires. But this is God is uh, what the Lord is doing here. He is going to be opening those seven seals of judgment. Okay. And those seven seals of judgment, boy, I tell you, they are going to be unleashed. And, and God wages war a lot differently than what you think. And he shows you how he wages war on earth with the, the human followers of the devil who choose evil. And how he's going to even answer the how longs of the saints. Listen to this. I wanted to get to this in Revelation chapter 6. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. Revelation 6, uh, 10. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, will you judge and avenge the blood on those who dwell on the earth? You know, some people say, well, what you're saying, you're adding to the scripture. No, I'm going right with the book of Revelations, chapter 6 there, verse 10. It gives you the contextual thing of the seals. It's the how long, Lord, is being answered. And these judgments being unleashed to all the martyrs who are going to be, you know, die before us, those who will die during the tribulation. This is all covered in that timeless time scene in heaven. The how long will be finally answered 
when the new heavens and earth come and everybody will get it and say, oh, my God. Wow, the Lord is gracious, loving, and kind. He got rid of evil. There will be no evil. And he did it justly. He did it perfectly. He did it leaving no stone unturned. We all have a nice objective lesson. We'll never, ever rebel against God again because we know that he allows freedom. And now we can use freedom justly, just like he did. And govern the earth according and governing our, 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 ourselves in heaven according to Love, joy, peace, the fruits of the Spirit. No sin, no sickness, no envy, no strife, no unforgiveness, no crimes, no get-even schemes, nothing like that, no revenge. All that's taken care of. <laughs> that's the how long, folks. That's the how long. Amen and amen. So I hope you will stay tuned the next week. I didn't um, hope I didn't shock you too much or... Uh, make uh, turn up too many apple carts, turn them over a little bit, you know. <laughs> but when I see what's uh, going on in the earth and what's going on, you know, I'm like that. I cry out, How long, too? I say, How long, Lord? How long, Lord? How long, Lord? How long will the wicked keep prevailing and no justice? How in the world can Hillary Clinton and that bunch keep getting away with it and nobody's prosecuting? I got the goods on them. How in the world is Hunter Biden going to get away? They probably will. I mean, I I don't have much sense of justice in this world like I used to. But I know there will be a coming that they will all be held account. And it ain't pretty where they may be going. They should pray for their salvation. And it'll be on them to accept or reject it. But I tell you, it won't be pretty. Because God will not put up with that kind of stuff. Could you imagine making deals, being in heaven and making a deal with the devil to overthrow your to overthrow heaven, so the devil can set up his kingdom in heaven? That's what basically what Joe Biden and uh, Hunter Biden did, and, and all those people did. They colluded with enemies and foreign powers to overthrow an election back in. 2016 and beyond everything was about China and exalting China and weakening the United States that eight years of those policies and abortion on demand and like I said you know it makes people uh, I'll use the old Charles Lawson thing you know the abortion I think doctor I think he was in Virginia um, would describe how they do partial birth abortions and and they would actually, when the babies come out, slit its throat, let it bleed to death and then so they can crack the skull and suck the brains out so it wouldn't cry and scream. Or, you know, or they take it out of the room and put it in there, slit its throat, then suck its brains out so they don't have to listen to it, to it scream. You know, these people are sick. We need to expose what is done in darkness. I mean, come on. And uh, this stuff is real. It's been out for some time. It's documented. That's what they do. Partial birth abortions. I mean, nobody defends the fatherless anymore. And no one defends the unborn. Very few people. I'm thankful that people in the church still do. But those in power don't. A big money racket going on there. It funds a certain political parties and politicians and uh, both parties keep them in power. Just telling you like it is. Someday all the how longs are going to be answered and all those people will be held to account. God helped them. That's why Jesus came to show mercy. You may not think these people deserve mercy, but God gives them mercy. And if they reject Jesus Christ and reject him, they're toast. And you will be up in heaven seeing all that transpire and you'll see payback time. It's not a time to be joyous and happy, but it's a time to know that God saw your pain, what you went through, and justice will be done. But trust me, you don't want these anybody to go to hell, but these people will send themselves there 
because they hate God that much. They hate his people. They hate that. We're going to see that in the book of Revelation as it continues on and on. We'll see how the God makes war in, in Revelation chapter 6 with the seven seals being broke loose. And then I see what was it. I wrote it down. I don't know if I have my notes. I probably don't have my notes written here. <laughs> don't have them right with me right yet. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to do this by memory. There's seven uh, seals. There's um, uh, seven bowls of wrath, and there's seven something else. And from the reason I'm getting a brain lock, someone can type it for me. Um, seven seals, seven bowls of, of wrath, and uh, oh, seven trumpets. Okay, so you have seven trumpets, you have seven seals, seven trumpets, and seven bowls of wrath. But there's another seven very few people talk about. It's called the seven thunders. So you have the, <laughs> the seven seals being opened and you have the seven trumpets sounding. And when the, at the end of the sixth, before the seventh trumpet sounds, seven thunders echo, but that's, nobody knows what that means. No, no one has any inf information about what the seven thunders are. That's what the Bible says there. And so... Before the seventh trumpet sounds, the seven thunders will sound and the seven bowls of wrath are issued out. And then the last trump will sound. This, this trump is where God makes everything holy, pure, and right. Revelation chapter 21, the new heavens and earth come back on the scene. Everything is made right again. So the last trump of judgment is saved for the last. But you're going to, its progression is like this. You have seven seals. You have seven trumpets, six will sound. The seventh trumpet announced the end of all things will be withheld till an appointed time. The seven thunders will do whatever they're going to do, which I have no clue of. And then I have an idea of, but no clue <laughs> in a way. I have speculation and a theory, but it doesn't mean too much, just like everybody else does. And then you have the seven bowls of wrath. Then that last trumpet where everything is made right again. And so that's how the Lord deals with the how long, how long, how long. Amen. So I think I did about an hour. Actually got done in 50 minutes. That was a lot to cover. <laughs> but anyway, well, with that, folks, that's it for today's message. Till next time on the Christian Marauder, as we explore Bible prophecy in the book of Revelation. With that, you can look at my contact information at the end of this. I'm going to post it here. And with that, uh, roll out the video. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Hope you enjoyed this <laughs> recorded live stream. Amen and amen. God bless.